Welcome to Lift Your Legacy. My name is Jacob Rupp, father, husband, and rabbi. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you unlock your inner potential and create change that will impact the future. Thank you for listening and let's get to it. And gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. It is a most auspicious time having gone through Rosh Hashanah and now finding ourselves in the Aseris Yimei Tshuva, the 10 days of coming back to ourselves. And I thought it would be most apropos if we would have a master of being present and of getting into the moment, Svi Kessel, who is a holistic energy healer, uh, all around awesome guy, mindset coach, etc. Uh, we 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 get into the into the into the thick of it in terms of the messaging you give to yourself, stress, living a good life. How do you inscribe yourself in the book of life? And I thought, you know, this is very important for the time. So I really want to wish everyone, all of my listeners and followers, and all of those that you have supported me for such a long time, even the ones of you that haven't supported me for a long time or are yet to support me, um, thank you so much. I really hope this program has provided value to you. May you and yours and really the whole world be inscribed for a long, healthy, happy, beneficial, good life. And uh, welcome 5780. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, Lift Your Legacy is committed to helping you live a more authentic and meaningful life. That being said, if I could ask you to share this podcast with someone that you think would get value from the message, that would be fantastic. In addition, I wanted to make you aware that along with the podcast, I do offer executive coaching. I help people who are successful and highly motivated, who want to see extreme, or not even so extreme, maybe just a small change that in their life. I want to help them get to the next level. What does that mean specifically? Creating more peace in your relationships with yourself, growing your business, clarifying your career. And even if you need a little bit of help losing some weight or getting more healthy, I do that also. I'm not for everyone, but for those people that are invested in making their life better and taking the next step, I highly recommend you consider me as a coach for you. Now, how do you get in touch? Well, you found the podcast. I wanted to tell you also my email, Jacob, my first name, Jacob at liftyourlegacy.live. Feel free, please, to reach out there or on all, any or all of my social media channels. I'd be thrilled to give you a complimentary half an hour conversation to see if we might be a good fit to work together. And now, with no further ado, I ask you to please sit back and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm thrilled to have on today Mr. Rabbi Svi Castle and you are a, uh, a coach in the realm of mindset, holistic healing, all kinds of amazing stuff. Uh, for my listeners, you might have seen him on Instagram. He's consistently publishing beautiful content, either of him, some of his ideas, uh, beautiful pictures of the Jewish world. So it, I just, once I started seeing your stuff popping up, I'm like, I, I, got, I got to talk to this guy. So thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. So 
Tell me a little bit, Svi. I know that you, you, your accent reveals that you're not uh, initially from Los Angeles. How did you go into your, uh, your current state as a holistic healer, uh, Hasidic Jew, and uh, resident of the, uh, the fine city of uh, Los Angeles? Well, I'll, I'll try and keep it short. My, my accent's definitely not, some people say I'm from the South, really. Far South. <laughs> south of where? South, far South. I don't know why they say South, but it ends up being Australia, Perth, Australia. I am, uh, my father was born, my both parents actually born in Australia, so I was second generation Australian. I actually moved, to, actually we went to visit my wife's family in San Diego, exactly around the 9-11, which was uh, 2001, I think it is for a little visit and uh, pretty much only been back to Australia twice since then, once for a, a visit and once to, uh, for my brother's uh, Hasna wedding. So, and then we, my, uh, we moved up into Los Angeles uh, probably about two years after that. My wife uh, was very much involved in the, in the old days, you know, people, magazines, print, mag print media, which I don't even know if they have print media out anymore. What's that? So now she's very much into the, the weddings and uh, the Jewish areas around there. I, uh, I've always been very intuitive about what I do. My previous life was uh, an engineer, a very heavy engineering background in uh, gold mining, iron ore mining. So I, I really had a big shift as well. Um, I knew I wanted to get out of that because of the physical sitting behind the computer and it was, it was, a, it was, a, very, it was a very lucrative job. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. But then I sort of, you know, I started falling into this realm of where I am now. I uh, started resolving issues with myself and we tried to do food and think I could help people with food was going to be the answer for testing what people are allergic to, supplements. I never got the results I wanted. And uh, finally, I, I, I come across this website and it was interesting enough looking for a course, being an Orthodox Jew, it limits it down because on Shabbos, most courses are Shabbos or Saturday and Sunday, I couldn't do it. And then I go to this website and there's these pictures of Hasidic people and, and Sephardi people. I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? And then I look down the list of name of people and there's a Jewish name. So I, I send her an email. She never got back to me. Okay, then she tells me, oh, she's visiting her family in Israel and she's just away. So then I got, then I got into the whole realm. I gave her a hard time. Uh, not, not really, but in a sense, hard time. But I wanted to deny the answers. And I got well, more... Let me, let me stop you. What, what exactly were you looking to answers for? So that was my, for? My next thing was she was talking very much about the mind and how the mind, how the, the mindset itself can really affect the body. So I was like, okay, we'll try this. And then she, she answered all my questions about how much the mind can play a big effect on the physical body as well. And by releasing the negativity inside of it, it can allow the body, you know, it's like, I look at it this way, it's, it's, whoops, my hands up. there's so much you can put in a cup. You can't pour any more into a cup. Once a cup's full, it's full. You, you know, you have to take some out to allow some in. So I started applying that analogies. And as time went by, it become more apparent that the mind has a very big effect on it. And it doesn't matter how much I played around with the foods, I could never get it balanced and people's emotions would change the food. I could add food in, I could take food out, but I could never get the whole thing calm and, and, and uh, settled. So that, that's, then I, you know, keeps evolving because I like to keep everything in proportion, bringing the Torah into it very much. 
always had to make sure that it ran in line with the Torah and the Jewish values with it as well. So I, I guess I call myself a, uh, a mindfulness coach slash with a, with a Jewish big theme to it. It fits very much in. You know, people think mindfulness is a new thing. Well, it's only been around as long as the Torah. So that's, that's a few thousand years now. So that's a big part of it. And I find the holistic, the holistic, I mean, the, the holistic word itself means whole, complete. So when we're talking about mind, I can't just lay out things like, you know, as yourself, you know, exercise is important, stretch is important, diet is important, sleep is important. You know, we call exercise, but there's also stretching as well as another part. So the more realms that we can put into it, the more we can, you know, de-stress the body and the whole idea of mindfulness and, and, and the Torah value is what is mindfulness is that you actually focus on the present time, not worrying about the past or worrying about the future. You're dealing with right now and that's what mindfulness. And when you're dealing right now is what? That's a big Jewish thing is also you can bring in God as Shem into life because you're focused on it now. So that's how in a nutshell it all ties together. So I'm, I'm curious, a person, stress is, stress is ever present for, uh, for many people, uh, I'll say myself, you know, and, and we, and, and also there's so many different shitas and opinions on, on diet, on exercise, why are we trying to diet, why are we trying to exercise, do we want to be body positive, do we want to, you know, lose weight, do we, you know, how do you define how much weight to lose, how do you love your body, is, is that even is that even a, a value in general? Or are we just trying to, to calm down? So when a person is trying to look at the gamut of things out there uh, in order to assess the right steps for them, what are some of the challenges or problems that you would say a person should start paying attention to to try to solve first? And that will sort of like get them on the path to wherever we're trying to get to. That's a beautiful question. Um, I'll try and answer in a number of ways. It really depends what the person's contacted me for. Sometimes I get them when they're in so much pain with their stomach, so I have to do allergy testing straight away to eliminate the foods. Even though I know that the ikra, the main thing, is not the foods, but it's hard to make a change when you're in pain to focus on anything else. And I actually read this thing recently, which was very, very beautiful, and says our body creates pain to distract us from our negative thoughts. So it's, it's when we understand that, I mean, a lot of it is based on like what's going on now, what we call stress is really a, a way of our body saying, hey, what we're doing is not working. And if we listen to it instead, I look at it as when we say, oh, it's a test, but a test has an answer. So instead of, you know, because Shem, God's not going to give us a test we're going to fail because it's not a test, it's going to automatically fail. So a test means there's an answer. What the answer is, we're not quite sure. That's part of the journey. But there's always something to learn from it. So when we naturally... Just to, just to, just to reiterate what I'm hearing you say is that a, a person starts with a difficulty in their life. And if they are Jewish, if they are uh, savvy in the, in the texts and the approaches of Judaism, they'll say, okay, God is, is giving me a test yes. um, that's manifesting itself in either physical pain or emotional pain or, or whatever it might be. Okay, go ahead. So yeah, so it is manifesting itself. So if we look at it there, it's actually a blessing, a broker from Hashem that is saying, hey, what you're doing now, I want you to come closer to me. We need to change what we're doing. Instead of taking it down as, as can be a learned habit of being defeated and say, oh, I'm depressed, I'm no good. 
No, we've got to look at the positive out of it. There's something in there for we need to learn. We're not going to know, from what I understand, we're not going to know the answer until 120, but, but the ikka is, the main part is, is to learn something from it, not to get the big total answer. You can drive yourself crazy trying to find the exact answer. We don't need to worry about that. I've learned enough to say that we just find something to learn from it. But the thing is, is that we were brought into this world to enjoy it. And what I mean by that is there's a Gemara that says, how much pain do we need to suffer in this world? Enough to put your hand in a pocket and reach and grab the wrong coin. So if that's as much suffering as we need, I mean, that's almost nothing. You know? So it shows you're meant to enjoy, enjoy this world. So if we understand that, we say you've got stress as well. What we're actually doing is saying that I'm above God, Hashem, and taking it on. It's really, it belongs to him. So I, we got we to gotta slow this down because this is some really radical stuff that I feel like is, uh, you know, it, 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 Blowing the mind up. Yeah, yeah. No, honestly, honestly, it is because so much of our lives, and, and there's, I, I think, it, I don't know where it comes from. I can imagine where it comes from, but there's such a, a stigma or an expectation that Jewish life in particular, yeah. you know, is supposed to be high, high stress, high strong, um, but but life is so chaotic and what you're saying according to the talmud is that the life lived properly is a life where pain is is absolutely very minimal and ultimately we're supposed to enjoy not just i guess i guess it's not like what what you know the buddha speaks about of life is suffering but from a jewish perspective life shouldn't be suffering and if you're suffering it, that's kind of an indication that something is not right correct I, I look at it as, you know, to bring it back to a simple metaphor, is like when you're driving a car and the red light comes on, you don't get a sticky note and put it over there and ignore it. The red light's actually saying, hey, there's something wrong with the engine or whatever part it is of the car. Well, now there's red lights that tell you everything in the car, flat tire, whatever. You need to do something about it. So we don't get the sticky note and say, oh, it's gone, or the engine's noisy, you turn the stereo up. It's there to give you an indication. So if we look at it the same way, if we're suffering physically or emotionally, it's an indication that something's a little veered off than what Hashem created it. So going- What do you do? Well, I'm sorry, I'm starting to interrupt again. What do you do with, with the opinion? And this is something that, that I, I still think I suffer with, but something I've suffered with a long time and, and I hear with a lot of people that I work with is that you know, the stress makes me better or the pressure makes me better or you know, that, that what would happen to me if I just didn't have stuff to worry about? Well, there's two parts to it. When people say stress makes them better, we have to break that down into little steps because what the stress is actually doing is actually, like remember I said, the, the pain is actually taking you away from the real issue of the mindset. So what they're doing is when they're saying the pain is actually helping them focus on the end goal. So it's causing them to be a more focused person. But is the pain really helping them? I mean, we're not meant to have pain. It's quite simply from the Talmud that the pain's not there, meant to be there. So it's giving them a more of a chance to be focused. And, that, and that's, that's a part to it. Now, I just want to go back a step. Now, we always talk about I'm, I'm, I'm stressed on this. But what we're actually saying is I'm copying a learned habit that I've learned as a child or an environment around me how to react to something. So is it real? It's a, it's a learned habit. So as a job, as an adult, we need to reprogram ourselves to how we want to do things and i often say to people you're married you've left home but you're still thinking as in you were living in home before 
God forbid, I never blame the parents, never do that. That's not what I'm getting at. It's just showing, getting people alert to this is a habit that you've inherited. Because quite often people, no one wants to hurt anyone else, especially not their parents. They may have inherited it from another one. And especially, and I don't want to get involved too much, if they're a survivor from the, the Holocaust, they've gone through a lot. So it can get passed down through generations as well. But we, we, uh, God gave us a choice to make change. And it's through neuroplasticity, we can reprogram our mind to what we want. So instead of taking on the stress, and, and as, as that's really saying, this is a way I'm reacting to a situation, which isn't really productive. You say, I'm doing stress. But no, you really want to solve a problem. So that's really, so instead of being the person that gets stuck and says, well, under stress, I'm focused. Well, just take a deep breath, keep the mind focused on really what you want. I'm saying no, to achieve your goals, do it through a react, relaxed way. So that's great. So the idea being that you don't have to have your, your I guess, your foot on the, on, the, on the pedal to the metal all the time in order to stay focused and productive. But rather, if you're able to, I guess, if you're able to accomplish serenity and peace of mind, you will be that much better at going after your goals. Uh, they've shown high results of that. People that are in that zone, they say managers that can do that for, you know, for a day is almost like a whole week. It's to be in that focused zone. Because really, when they're talking about being in that zone focused, what are you really doing? You're focused on the positive of reaching the goal instead of saying, oh, I can't do this, oh, it's too hard, it's too difficult. You've actually wiped that away and moved it to a side and just plowed straight through what you want. It took me 35, I think, 35 years. I mean, I'm not counting so much the time when I was in my early developments, uh, but, but I always carried with me a certain level of, a large level of like, you know, that, that imposter syndrome or whatever it was that for me, it was just, you know, as I became observant later in life, I had a lot of guilt that I was not sitting and studying Torah all day long at a very high level. And, um, and I felt bad about that. And a, and a mentor of mine told me, and again, it, it like blew my mind. He said, when you see these rabbis that are sitting there and they're, and they're engrossed in their studies for, 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 you know, a long time, they're actually enjoying what they're doing. When you yeah. sit there and you're doing it, you, you know, you're, you're struggling with a lot of the reading. You, you, you're not necessarily reading. So the fact that they can do it, they're having fun. And if you look at all these high performers, I, I, again, like you said, most of them in that flow state are just, are able to exist because they're not worrying about, you know, is my car full of gas or, you know, is the house a mess or either it is or it isn't, but they're not focusing on that. They're just full into their art or into their, into their business. Exactly. And you, and you also touched a beautiful thing as well, is us sitting there, sitting there learning and enjoying it. And because they're applying that positive mindset of enjoyment, it allows it to come in. But we also forget the whole thing is like, they were never born sitting there learning the Gemara, the Talmud. They had to work their way up to this. You're actually seeing them at the latest stage of their progress as we, you know, we don't see as, you know, you said it's frustrating. It is, it can be frustrating, it can be hard, it can be difficult. That's a normal emotion is what we do with the emotions that's accepted. You know, we've got these emotions, positive emotions and negative emotions. It's what we do with them that really counts. How do you walk through in that development stage? And obviously, you know, even we, we all see it, you know, that I, I, I tell a lot of the people, my, I mean, again, I say, I say I tell a lot of people, it's just because I had to learn it myself. And, mm -hmm. and, I, and I tell myself that, you know, there's never really a, a level. I always assumed, you know, like certain level of financial uh, independence would bring with it, like just, you know, all of a sudden the heavens open up and you're chilling out for the rest of the time. But after spending a fair amount of time speaking to uh, people who are, who are, 
according to all opinions, you know, very, very financially successful, they are not sitting back and relaxing. Most of them are figuring out, you know, what's my next venture or how do I keep the ventures that I have, you know, performing like they are. So this, this idea of like a, a calm state of mind has nothing to do with how much money you have in the bank or how much health you have. It's just, you know, that, that's a second stage. You have to, yes, you, you know, I tell people it's two separate categories, learn how to be happy. And then also let's figure out, you know, how to get your health and your, your finances where you want them to be. But it, it, in every endeavor, you know, it says that, that a righteous man falls seven times and gets up and there's all kinds of, sorry, that's Siri talking to us on the phone, on the, uh, on the yeah. Apple watch here. But with, with the struggle that is in, in, intrinsic in terms of training, in terms of exercise, in terms of learning a new task, how do you find, how do you put in the work, but at the same time stay happy? That's a good question. How do you put in the, well, we, we got to look. How do you frame difficulty in a way? Does that make sense? Like when you start a new venture, you go I, to a new place, you, you know, you, you have, there's naturally going to be, until you find your stride, a learning curve. Do you, how, how do you stay uh, not stressed uh, out in the learning uh, curve? Okay, that, that question is, okay, we'll answer it in that way of a question. When we've got this learning curve, we can look at this learning curve in two ways. We can look at this learning curve as a beautiful growth opportunity that's presented in front of us. Or we can look at it, oh, I've got to go through this again. It's hard. It's difficult. So when you say it's hard and difficult, you already hit the wall straight away. So you're behind. Or you look at it and say, okay, Hashem, God, you've put this in front of me. I'm very happy and I'm very thankful. What can I gain from it? And enjoy the step. It's like the whole thing of mindfulness is living and being present at the moment. So each little step, enjoy it, enjoy it. And having money, not having money, having health, not having health doesn't prevent you from being calm and mindful right now because we know through calmness that we can increase income, we can increase your health. So there's a lot of positives to it. But if we've been in a culture that says, no, you've got to go like a bull and fight your way through, well, that's a learned habit. And because you believe that that's correct, the, body's going to, the body doesn't know the truth, the difference between truth and false. It just, whatever you put in it, it's going to take it on as true. So if you believe it, you've got to go like a bull to get through, then that's what the body does. So when you try and say, hey, like the question sort of, I think you're asking is, if I do it in a calm way, I'm not going to be able to reach my goal because I was told to go like a bull. You've got to fight for it. But see, the body's like, hang on a minute. I'm not comfortable what you're telling me. So then the thing is, is if we do it in a calm way, that with the calmness, it opens us up to allow change. But when we're in a worked up state, it's very, very difficult for the mind to take on new ways. You have to keep repeating it, but through calmness and little baby steps. How big a baby step? It depends on each person. The smaller the steps, the easier it is for the body to take on change. Because change too, too radically or too big, the body's going, hey, what's going on? So we do it in a calm, slow process, and it's quite happy to take on the changes that way. Amazing. One, one uh, a side point that I, I, I feel like is very important that perhaps you could speak to a, either as a uh, Hasidic Jew or as a coach or as both is that you look, I, I, there's a, a sentiment, you know, people don't necessarily, aren't necessarily comfortable with the word God, but they call it the universe. Everyone's comfortable with the universe. They're not comfortable with God, but God, the universe, a lot of times when they encounter challenge, difficulty, stress, you know, be it from financial to health to someone in, that you love, whatever it might be, they see themselves as kind of the suffering servant and that God is punishing them and God is angry. And what comes out from the message that you're saying is, is I have a feeling you don't feel 
like that, like God kind of hates you and is just making your life miserable? There's two ways to answer that one. There's, that is like, as I say, that's a beautiful cop-out. If you say, see, I'm suffering, God doesn't love me. Well, if you said God loves you and said you're suffering, then it seems to be a little bit of a variation. What, what's going on? Because that way is, is like, because that way you can wipe, wipe out God and say, you know, God forbid, you can wipe him out and say, oh, see, it's, it's, it doesn't exist. So it's, it's, it's a nice excuse. We have to, we have to look at it, the, the mind games that we play with ourselves is trying to look for excuses. And I, what, what you're also saying at the same time, I guess the second part is like, oh, my thoughts are bad. Everything I'm doing is in a negative way, but I want a nice, I want a miracle. Well, but what do you want? Do you want a miracle just to happen because I'm suffering in pain that I automatically open up my bank account and there's a million dollars in it? I mean, probably need more than that these days. A million dollars is not going to get your house in, in this part. But you know what I'm saying? So we're expecting a miracle, but what are we doing to make the miracle happen? Because they say a miracle is also, and this is going to read deep, depends on a person's mindset. Because one person can call it a miracle, but another person says, no, that's just naturally what happens. It's the same. So if we're looking for excuses to say God doesn't exist or I'm a failure or I'm a, a this, we can create these labels quite easily. But as I try to say earlier, is that when we bring ourselves back to present and realize this test is only helping us, it's there to help us. Otherwise, there's no point giving you the test. It's going to fail. That it's going to help you be a better person. If we look at it, this is going to help us to be a better person. And we know that the physical pains, the emotional pains infested inside us to help us grow and they're a signal to distract us and to help. There's, there's a lot of positive things. It's like, you know, they say that you can go to the cup, there's a half full, half empty, whatever it is. It's like, which way do you want to look at? Do you want to look at it in a positive way or a negative? How do we do that? It takes practice. I have to admit it takes practice. And we do get caught out. Okay, you get caught out. That's life. We all have, you know, the, the, the Yitzhahara, the... Uh, negative angel that's going to try and distract us and pull us away that's just life but the last thing we do then what happens then it says oh see it doesn't work and i'm a failure so what do we do again we now just cause more negativity and we can abuse ourselves is that abuse i always say to the client is that abuse going to help you and they look at me like <laughs> oh no. but we fall into the traps so we realize this is this has all been orchestrated this is good for us and we accept it and we start going forward and we bring it out and the more you do it and the more, you know, we catch ourselves out with getting caught up, you know, you get that phone call and it's like, it, it gets you all worked up. And then you're like, all around, no, this was helping me to be a better person. When we look at it, we keep pulling ourselves back to center. And those simple thing is taking a deeper breath, breathing in and out, just a simple thing like that and putting our mind in somewhere we enjoy. No one else knows what we're doing. It doesn't take up much time and you can actually do it while you're doing it. So the more practice you're doing at it, the easier it gets. And that's like any, any like physical exercise. The more you use those muscles, the more you get to have it, and the more you get to enjoy it. So, so to sort of bring it all together, and I, I, I really wanted to delve into to diet also, but I feel like we, we, hit the, uh, we hit the mindset piece, and I want to I yeah. really have, have my listeners let that sink in and not just be a, 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 a tsunami of information. <laughs> the... To, to re repeat back what, what I'm hearing you say is when a person is struggling, the yeah. way to assume responsibility is to say, God loves me and there's something here that I can do. Yeah. What I can't do, I'm not worried about. So what can I do? Yeah. And when you figure out what you can do, and the goal is to take you back to a place where 
it's not like I'll be fine in 20 minutes, but rather pull into the present and check in with your body and say like, right now I'm actually not supposed to be stressed out. What can I do to alleviate that stress? Right. So yeah. when you reach that, you actually have a productive question you can work on. Right. And once you have an answer to that productive question, then it just takes drilling over and over again so that your natural response to stress, to frustration, to problems, to the, the work involved with the new venture, whatever you want is, there's something good here I'm gonna learn. I just have to stay present and figure this out. And that will, I guess you could say you have to have, it's not that you have to have faith, but you're saying statistically it's true that you will live a life that's stress-free. And as a result of that, you will be able to hit that flow state where you're focused on your goals. You're more effective at going after it. And ultimately your emotional and physical health will be, will be very positively affected. Correct. Correct. hundred percent is exactly it. And, and, and as you said, you know, it's like when you're doing exercise, you're focusing on improving yourself on the exercise. You don't go looking for milestones that's outside your realm. This is, you know, you've done it, you can't do that. Not yet, or it's not yet. So we just happily go along and sort of like, as you said, oh, in 20 minutes time, I'm gonna see if I'm going. If you're gonna say in 20 minutes time, I'm gonna see if it works. Well, you've already said to yourself, I'm set myself up for disaster, it's not gonna work. For the next 19 minutes, it's not gonna work. No, yeah, because our subconscious mind is so strong. So we just happily just accept what it is. And, and, and the bottom line is, you wouldn't be thinking about it, you wouldn't be talking about it if you're happy where you are right now. So you're obviously searching for changes. Try, and they say, when do you know change happens? After the event, because if it happened before, you're not gonna feel it. After it's happened, you go, oh wow, it really does work. I've had many, many clients ring me up and give me a hard time, says, it doesn't work, this is no good. Why? They, they just really want me to reassure them, I get it all the time. Doesn't work, okay. We'll just bring you back and then they just want to let off some steam because there's not, and I, we're used to such an instant society, they want instant gratification. So if we realize that long-term, we're looking for long-term results and a long-term change, because it's like people use the word diet. I don't particularly like that word. It's really, we've got to look at change of our lifestyle. So what we're talking about lifestyle changes, like lifestyle changing the way you eat, lifestyle exercising. You know, we don't want to do things radically. We want to do things calmly and slowly. And if you're somebody that's used to going quicker, there's still the baby steps, but at a quicker pace. There's no rule. You know, it's like going on a journey. I, I, you see on my post, I always talk about a journey. It's not like a running race where there's either you, you, you begin and you end. Each little step is a big progress. So if we look at each little step as a major progress, we've achieved something. So we can pick up those little wins, all those little wins on the way, what do those little wins do? Make you feel good, you feel calm about it. Instead of saying, oh, I need to get to the end. No, where is the end? Really the end is at 120. Then we've made our end of our journey, but we can enjoy it. If we're made to enjoy this world, let's enjoy each moment where we can. And yes, there are times and there's down times, that's part of life. And we realize those up and downs are very much part of it. You know, we're talking, this is a really good conversation right now um, for the month of Elul, we're, we're coming into Rosh Hashanah. And Elul, we're, we're meant to be doing tshuva, asking for forgiveness. How many times do we have for forgiveness that we haven't been joyful during the day? Always think about all the things we've done wrong, but what about, did we bring in joy into our life? No, simple things like that. So what you're saying is that a person should, should focus on when asking forgiveness, it's that maybe I wasn't, maybe, meaning most people approach forgiveness as I, 
I, um, I screwed up. Yes. And most people think, you know, I, I have all these bad things coming to me. And, and if I'm lucky, God will give me a pass. Yes. And I, maybe what we should be asking for forgiveness was, was maybe I didn't love myself enough. Maybe I didn't have enough joy in my life. Maybe I was too hard on myself. Yeah. And if you have that perspective of, you know, I really screwed up and I'm such a failure and, you know, you know, I know I should have a lot of bad stuff. Maybe only give you a little bit of bad stuff. You know, let me eke out with my life. Then that's what you manifest in the next year. But if you go into these, these days and, and, and I can't, I can't stress enough how crucial I think this point is that if you go into these days saying, if only I would have treated myself better. And if only I can have, you know, God should give me the strength to, to be more compassionate with myself, my kids, my family, the world, everything, right? Then it just brings all this, it just kind of unleashes everything. And you're like, you're not like, like crouched down in the bomb shelter anymore. You're like, out. you're like, oh, I, I just had to be nicer to myself. Well, I can do that. Do you know what I mean? And focus, focus on the positive and focusing on what you want. Now, uh, I'm a failure of a father. Well, what's that going to tell you? Reinstate How's that working for you? Failure. Well, what do I need to do now? Focus on, you know, we've got, you know, like one plus one has an answer too. So I have a, a situation now, what is the answer? And it doesn't mean, you know, it's like a one plus one is a simple question, but if you get a, a hard equation, you have to learn how to do it. It takes time and practice to work it out. Same thing is now, okay, you try this way. You try to, like tuba, they say, what is tuba? Now everyone gets a mistake and falls down. Falling down is the easy part. Getting up is really what we're talking about here. It's like, okay, you're trying this. Just try it. You know, they say the people that never fail never do anything as well. So if you're willing to be open to trying, then you've brought in a whole new arena in your life. Not to go too Jewish on you, but that's one of my favorite, my favorite points that I, I make to people is that, you know, there's seven people who, who died without sin, but those aren't any people that we look up to. We, most cases, we don't even know their names, but Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all of these people that we, we try to or even supposed to uh, aspire to are not people that haven't screwed up. And in fact, they've screwed up very publicly. And it's that, I guess, you know, it's, it's, it's that, it's also like a plague of our, of our culture nowadays that, you, you know, we kind of want to see the stars fall and then think that they're down and out for the, the count. But rather, you know, if we are just more accompanied to the, aware of the fact that that's part of the process, uh, I think it would give us a lot more, a lot more comfort to, to right. fail and, and therefore to get back up. This feel, is amazing. Okay. It's like saying feel safe that the failure is actually a growth. It's not a reflection of yourself of a bad person. It's actually, it's the other way around. It's, 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 it's showing you that you're willing to try and willing to put trust into Hashem and trust into God that you, this is a part of the journey. And, and how do we know we've got to go left? We've got to go, we need to go right. It's a constantly growth. There's the more we can look at it as growth, the easier we can take it on in life. And it takes time. You know, I've been on this journey for over 20 years now. And I've been through a lot, you know, Move countries, have got become more from and religious and, 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 and whatnot. But enjoy it. I get struggles like everyone else. I'm not, you know, immune to it. It happens, it happens all the time. But I know that, that, that they're just new tests that I have to work on. I spend my time, you know, in the morning, I get up very early in the morning. I do my body, just personal prayer, personal yeah, meditation, whichever way you call it, and try and work out. The thoughts just come to me like, what do I need to work on? Ask for help. Uh, God, please help me. He's there. 
the daddy of daddies, the tati of tatis, is there to help. He wants that connection. Now these things we need to help bring into our life. Uh, our minds are constantly going. The more we can bring into the now and the thing, you know, it it's, it's, can make our life enjoyable. That's what we really want to do is try and bring in someone enjoy. And not just, you know, you could say it's selfish working on yourself. We look at it. We're very radiative. We're very magnetic. So the more that we can help ourselves, the more it can help the people around us, and especially the ones we love the most, their families and, and, and whatnot. It affects them in a positive way. And especially being a father, we're really the drivers of the ship. You know, the, the wife's do an amazing job, but they still need us. So the more that we can bring the calmness into the house, the more the whole house can settle down and, and it, it just, and it helps the kids. It's just amazing how it works. It's, 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 it's beautiful. Amazing. Okay, Svee, please tell us how people can find you more. I'm gonna, I'm gonna share this. Uh, I think it's very important. I, hopefully this will come out um, in between Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur and uh, people can, can reach out and, and learn more about the work that you do. How do we find you? Well, one of the easiest ways is through uh, Instagram. Uh, my name, you can Svee underscore Kessel. You can, I also have a website called Flowing N with the letter N, growing.com. Um, they're the, probably the two easiest ways to get a hold of me. Um, uh, I enjoy, you know, one of my enjoys in life is, is helping people, you know, especially if I can help a mother, the mother can help the whole family or the kids as well. It's such a beautiful thing to see people growing. I mean, the, they, they say what you give out, you, get, you can keep forever. So if you're giving out kindness and helping people, it's something that you can really make a big impact on the rest of the world as well. They're the main two things. I, I, Thank you, so, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. There you have it, folks. Another inspiring episode. If you enjoyed this, I ask you to please share this with your friends and to like us over on Rabbi Rupp through Facebook or on YouTube. And the more that we're able to get these important messages out, the more that we can really make an impact in the world. So I encourage you, please, to stay tuned. Uh, we have a ton of amazing speakers coming up and also to tell your friends about it. Thank you very much.